This is the Sales Gravy Podcast. I'm Jeb Blunt, best-selling author of Fanatical Prospecting Sales EQ, Objections and Inked, and I'm here to help you fill up your pipeline, close bigger deals, and rock your commission check. Welcome back to the Sales Gravy Podcast. On this episode, I've got Victor Antonio, and we're talking about celebrating success right now in this crazy time of virtual SKOs. This episode was inspired by a member of my insider group who said that it was kind of anticlimactic after she'd worked so hard to get to President's Club and all she got was her name as a bullet point on a PowerPoint slide during their virtual kickoff. You're going to love Victor Antonio. If you don't know Victor, he is one of the greatest speakers and orators on the planet today, and he's incredibly inspiring. Every time I'm with him, I just get fired up. And if you want to join my insider group, it's pretty easy. You can send me a text message to one 706 397-4599. That's 1-706-397-4599. Now, this insider group is an opportunity for you to connect directly with me. And yes, it really is me on the other side of the text message. It is opt-in, so it protects you if you want to get out and get out anytime. And I'm not going to spam you or send you a bunch of crap. This is just a conversation, and it gives the people who read my books, go to my training programs, listen to my podcast, read my articles, an opportunity to interact with me without being in public on social media so that everybody can see what we're talking about. So I hope you'll join. It's been fantastic. I really have enjoyed this this platform. Go to one 706 397-4599. And you can just text Hi Jeb Podcast Sales Gravy or just text me your question directly. I look forward to hearing from you. Now, here's my conversation with the great Victor Antonio about celebrating success this year and beyond. We're here in Studio Blue with the great Victor Antonio, who I believe is one of the greatest orators of our generation. His presence on stage, it excites me. It's incredible. It's engaging. And his stories are real. And, 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 and the path that Victor took to get to where he is today is inspiring. And some of that may come out in, you know, in this conversation because when you really think about your upbringing, Victor, it was, I mean, you, you came up from poverty. I mean, you came up from nothing and you've built an empire since then. I, I wanna talk about that, but I also wanna talk about some of the issues that people are dealing with today in that context. So in, in today's world, we're, you know, we're in the third wave of the pandemic right now, and I, I'm, I'm hearing stories of salespeople who, they just feel down, like their, their sales kickoffs are online, they're virtual. And the reason that I, I wanted to have this, this conversation is one of the people in my insider group sent me a text message and it broke my heart. She's like, I worked all year long. I put everything in to getting to President's Club and, and then we had our virtual SKO. I saw my name on a bullet point on a slide and it was just completely anticlimactic. And how do I celebrate this? How do I tell my family and friends that, you know, that, I'm, that I had this victory in my life? And I, I, it, it hurt me because like, I know how that feels. Like I love to walk on stage and get a trophy. I lived for that when I was a salesperson. In fact, I told my sales manager, I don't care about the money. I want to win. I want the trophy. So in this world, I thought there was no better person than you to have a conversation with what salespeople can do in this particular space, because we can't change where we are, to celebrate both the big victories and small victories so that they feel good about what they're doing. 
Yeah, I, you know, it's, it's interesting to me that people want that external validation. That always blows me away, right? I mean, I, it's an inanimate object. You know what I mean? The real victory should be, and I hate to point out the obvious, Jeff, but it's like, why don't you look at everything you've done? You know, it's almost like if you take a moment to reflect and say, look at what I did and walk on your own mental stage, if I can say that. I mean, great. Other people acknowledge you. We all want recognition. We all want it to be meaningful. I get that. But if I just killed the year, if I just nailed that year, you know what I mean? I'm going to look at all the big clients. And I don't know. My biggest trophy is always the check. I don't care. And that's just me, Jeff. I'm that shallow, right? To me, that was my trophy. Give me the check. I don't want to see what that number looks like. But for people who need that external validation, I would question, why Why do you need it? Why depend on somebody's, I guess, external appreciation of you to determine your value? You know your value. Appreciate it. Live in that space, man. Well, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a funny thing that you say that because there was a, a, the, the, a great sociologist back in the 1960s, uh, and I, I believe his name was Victor Herzberg, and I'm, I may be wrong about that. No, it's Friedrich Herzberg was his name. And, and what he studied was motivation on the job. And one of the, the, of the, the, the products of his study was the, this, this science of motivation. And essentially, he said it's two things, right? It's, it's achieving something, and it's the recognition of achieving something. And mm -hmm. people don't typically feel very motivated unless those two things are present. So one of the things that I heard you say just now is that, okay, when what you turn into recognition is the check. What mm -hmm. I turn into recognition is the trophy. And, and, mm -hmm. and that could be like even coming back from two different backgrounds. You came from a background of poverty and like having to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. I came up in a upper middle class family with you know, five kids, I'm the, I'm the oldest. So, you know, I was always competing with them for, you know, rank. And, uh, and I, you know, I'd never had to worry about what was going to happen, what money looked like. I mean, that wasn't a big issue in, in my upbringing. And that could be two different ways of looking at the world. But what Herzberg said is those two things have to be present. You have to have the, mm -hmm. you have to, you know, you have to achieve something. And then there's the recognition. And by the way, for leaders, if you recognize people without the achievement, it's hollow. Right. And for people who get the achievement without the recognition, they feel like something's missing. And that was like the person who sent me the note. Like I, I did the achievement, but I didn't feel like I got the recognition. So what mm -hmm. I hear you saying is you have to maybe in the situations, flip, flip the switch or flip, you know, flip the script in your head that maybe the, that recognition, if you could find a way to make it internal versus external, then you mm -hmm. wouldn't have to depend on other people for your own validation. And I think you're right. I mean, Hertzberg has it right. I think it's called the hygiene theory, that two-point theory that he yeah. has. And I, and I think it's interesting that that people want that external validation. And I'm going to make a confession here, Jeff. I've never told anybody this. Only my wife knows this. I've thrown away all my trophies. It, it just blows people away. I like every time I, so don't give me an award. I'm telling you right now, don't give me a piece of acrylic, a piece of metal, because eventually I'm just going to throw it away. Because years ago, I learned that if I stare at my trophies too long, I'm staring at the past, Jeb. And I didn't like that feeling. It almost like you, it's almost like you, you start just reflecting on it and looking at these objects. And it meant nothing to me after a while. And I realized that every time I looked at that, I put them, you know, they were in the back. I got two degrees. I don't put them on the wall. I got them filed somewhere. I couldn't tell you where they are right now because I believe that's always about looking forward. You know, Daniel Pink, who I know you know, uh, wrote several books, but the one book I love that he wrote was called Drive. And Drive says, look, we have biological needs, right? We know what those are. And then there's external needs, which, uh, which are basically those things like those carrots, right? The rewards and everything. But then he said the third drive was what really motivates you inside and keeps you going. You know, and, and the people I think who are looking for that external recognition, by the way, 
should a CEO or VP of sales or president of sales just high five, make that personal call to the salesperson says, you were awesome. I just want you to know, even though your bullet points on that slide, let me just tell you what I see beyond that bullet point and make that call, right? So if they're not doing that, shame on them for not doing that. But assuming that they're doing that, because that's at least to me, table stakes, you got to make the personal call. And to me, that would be enough. If Jeb, you were my boss and you called me said, Victor, I want you to know that I appreciate you. And then you said this, Jeb, here's why. And be very specific because to people say, I appreciate you is one thing. But if I say, I appreciate, here's why. I saw how much work you put into building that studio, Jeb. I saw how much work you've taken to build your whole, you know, the whole training business out. I see that you really are the hardest working man in the sales industry, right? And that tells me, okay, he gets it. He understands me. And that's all I need. So maybe that's what the person was saying. They maybe never got the call, Jeb. Maybe that's it. I think you're right. Like I, I remember one year I was, uh, I was the number one national account manager in my company. Like I crushed it and the mm -hmm. company had changed the recognition program. So they, they took all the budget away to, for everybody to have like a group dinner, or, you know, for anything like that. And everybody just took it literally. There was no recognition outside of, they would send you a catalog and then you could order something out of the catalog. If you were the number one seller. And so <laughs> I remember that. I remember, so, you know, I got the catalog in the mail. I'm like, I don't want any of this crap. I mean, you know, I, I just, I mean, I just made $600,000. I don't need the grill in the catalog. So with, 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 yeah, with the company logo, with the company, yeah, with the company logo. logo. I don't need that. And then they sent me a plaque like in a box. And I, I remember, I remember this because I'd walked on stage. Like I'm, I'm, you know, I, I won every trophy ever. And I'm kind of like you, there's not a trophy of mine that's anywhere you can find it. Cause it is the pat, like it's old, like it's past. I, I remember, yeah. but I do remember going to president's club. I do remember walking on stage, but you know, I, I walked, I got this massive piece of granite. I carried that damn thing around for like four years. My mother carried it around <laughs> in our neighborhood. And I but the but the trophy, the little plaque I got in the mail that nobody, no, and I'm not even a call from my manager. I threw it in the I threw it in the closet. Never looked at it again. Didn't mean anything right. to me at all because I didn't get like you said that that recognition. But I do think let's back up and, and talk about something for a second because I this is a really good point. This this looking in the past. So one of the things that I've always lived by, right? When you're in second place, your job is to take first place. When mm -hmm. you're in first place, you're competing with yourself. And the problem with winning trophies, this, is, this happens to a lot of salespeople, the problem with getting good is that you, you get in first place, you win the trophy, and you forget who you're competing with. You forget that your job is to put the accelerator on instead of being a little bit complacent. And that's how people in first place end up in last place the next year. And you see that a lot with, you know, with recognition. But you said, you know, looking, looking at your trophies is living in the past. And so there's basically three places that you can live at any given time. You can live in the past, you can live in the present, you can live in the future. The only place that's real is the present right now. The future hasn't been written and the past is, it doesn't exist anymore. It's just something that happened. And I think that's one of the problems that we face when we're, we're having or struggling to motivate ourselves or feel that recognition is that we're living in the wrong place. And, and I'll just confess, you know, for, for me, like, I have a really hard time stepping back because Mike Weinberg listens to me all the time. He goes, are you like, do you, do you ever really think about what you've built and what you've done? And I'm like, no, Mike, like I'm, I'm, I'm like, there's somebody out there that's going to kick my ass and I got to win. Like, I, you know, so I never stop and, and really ever like savor it. And that's one of my problems. Like, so I'm, I'm constantly, I'm like, I'm so, 
I'm so afraid you know, that somebody's mm-hmm. going to beat me that I'm just driven competitively. And I, you know, and I'm always doing that. And, and Mike is a really good center place in my life mm-hmm. is, is he'll go, he'll say, are you aware of what you've accomplished? Or have mm-hmm. you, do you ever slow down and think about it? And I'm like, no, I haven't really done that. Mostly I'm pissed off because we're not moving fast enough, you know? So yeah. maybe, you know, maybe we need to just spend more time in the present than these other places. But but I think for you, so so I would challenge your your perception of your success in a little way, if you allow me, is that I think your joy really comes in the process of getting to the next level. It has nothing to do with getting to the next level. Is that whole process of, you know, because everything's about a game of inches. If I can use that any given Sunday line, right? And you're you're that guy that lives like that. All right, how do I make it a little better? How do I fix that? And it is that in itself is your thrill. If you saw if you saw you saw that needle move one nick, you're like, ah, all right, we're going. Here we go. Here we go. And then what else can we do? What else can we do? And there's a joy in that. Now, some people see that as effort or work or almost fatiguing, where guys like you, probably me, we kind of see that as this is part of the journey of having fun to see if I can take it to the next level. And so that person that's that person that said, I just got a bullet point. What they're not looking at is all the things they probably did that year to adjust to make it happen. Even if they hit the same number in a, in a pandemic year to be, on, you know, I'll just say at the set level you were the previous year, zero growth. I think that's a win. Now, if you killed it, congratulations. I mean, really celebrate high five yourself. But I'll still go back to shame on the managers if you didn't make that call. Well, I, but, you know, I think you're exactly right. But in the journey part of being in the present. So because mm, yes. that's you're exactly right. That's correct. I, I love the grind. The, the, for me, the grind, mm-hmm. and I'm exhausted some days. This earlier this week, I got to tell you, I was like on Tuesday. I don't want to get out of bed. I'm I'm just worn <laughs> slap out, and I don't know why. And and so I what I did was I took a few minutes to rest and said, you know what, I built enough, and I can I can take a moment off, and and then I got back on the horse and started grinding again. But the the way that I describe the world of building anything, whether it's a sales pipeline, whether it's a sales year, whether it's a business is it's long stretches of grind and suck interrupted mm-hmm. by a few brief moments of elation. So Correct. when you get the elation, like you got to, <laughs> like you got to be able to go, man, this is great. And you got to celebrate it. You can't celebrate too long, but I do think it's the journey. And I think in a lot yeah. of cases, people don't take the time to celebrate the little wins along the way. I'll give you a great example. Mm. I'm working with a, a, t- a group of salespeople. We're doing a prospecting block. They're picking up the phone. Salesperson calls someone and they go, Victor doesn't work here anymore. Salesperson goes, God, another bad call. And I'm like, that's a victory. Now you know that Victor doesn't work there anymore. So you don't have to call Victor anybody anymore. You can go find somebody else to call in that place. Celebrate it. And they look at me like they go, really? I go, yeah. I said, look, you got information that made that record in your database better. And down the road, you're going to call Joe instead of Victor and you're going to sell something. And we don't think that way. Like, let's lift yourself up and give yourself a break. You know, and I think that it's okay to hold yourself to a high standard, but there's also you're making progress along the way. I was, I was you're, you reminded me because I really love what you just said, because I think the same way when, when somebody says no to me, I'm like, all right, now we know. Yeah. Well, now we know I can move on I, next. And so you, you reminded me of a, a, a you probably I remember there's a book called Learned Optimism where the guy talks about it's our self-talk, Jeb. It's, it's what we say to ourselves. <clears throat> and he highlighted uh, it was Dr. Martin Seligman. He highlighted three things I thought was really interesting. But one of the things that came out of that uh, study that he did was he says, pessimists say things to themselves. He says, optimists ask themselves a question. So, for example, uh, that, that same call, let's take that call. Victor doesn't work anymore. 
Okay, what a waste of time. That's what a pessimist would say. I said, why what? And the optimist was there. Well, I wonder who took his place. You know what I mean? It's, so that's the difference. Somebody said, pessimists say things to themselves. Optimists always ask themselves like, hey, what's the next level type of question? So I think that's a great example. Yeah, and this, you know, this is why when, when people ask me, what are the traits I look into great salespeople? I want optimism because I want mm-hmm. people who always see the possibility and they forget pain fast. I want competitors because when competitors get knocked down, they get pissed off and they work harder. And I want people who have a high need for achievement, people who need to win for the sake of winning. Like so, God, I got I got to interrupt you because you, you just said something great. I've never heard that. They forget pain fast. I've never heard that line. <laughs> you should use that line. That's a great line, man. Well, they, because that, that's what they need. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll think of the the job that we're in in the sales profession is a is a job of pain. You that's why forget, people don't yeah. want. It. That's a that's I love that line, man. I'll, I'll stamp it with a Jeb Jeb Blunt said this, you, you know, because like, you got to forget pain fast. Because really, because rejection is pain, right? It's yes. that it's that it's that mental pain. And people, the most resilient people we know are those that can forget pain quickly. I've never heard a phrase yes. like that, but that's a perfect phrase. Absolutely, this is. I mean, it's the key to everything. So if you start thinking about it that way, the optimism is what says, "Hey, let me move to the next thing. Move to the next thing. Move to the next thing." And I think that also optimism allows you to, you know, to change your self-talk. And one of the things that I read recently is that the way that we talk to ourselves is much faster than the way that we speak normally. So speaking normally, yeah. there's you know so many words per minute that we speak. When we're speaking to ourselves in our head, we're speaking up to four thousand words per minute to ourselves yeah. because because we compress the way that we talk to ourselves in our brains. And mm-hmm. if you think about yourself, you know, if you're pessimistic, like let's say that, you know, say that you went to your sales kickoff and your name got up there and then you felt like it was anticlimactic, you're telling yourself that it's speed and mm-hmm. over and over and over again. So that when you leave, you're like, oh, God, I didn't get what I needed. And then you become the victim instead of saying, yeah. man, like I'm, I, I, my name was on the bullet point. I mean, there were a thousand other salespeople out here. None of the other people got on the damn, you know, on the, By the, the way, the person to the right or left of the person, yeah. they didn't get their name on the book. I mean, it's just the way you look at it, man. So yeah. you're up. I love the way you just said the fact that, you know, I think they, they I think we talk about 180 to 200 words per minute and then we process so much faster. But I've never looked at it that way that we can go negative very quickly on ourselves very quickly. And I think people do that. Uh, Seligman said something interesting is there's three ways we talk to ourselves. One is permanent, right? That was a permanent permanent is I'll never, I'll never get this right. That's permanent. Then the other one was, uh, I think it was pervasive. No matter what I do, it never works out for me, right? No matter what I try, it doesn't work out. And then personal is just, I'm just an idiot. And he says, we talk ourselves in that way, manner and then we bring ourselves down. But again, the optimist, again, instead of taking it personally, he goes, hmm, I wonder what was wrong with that guy. Not me, because I'm good, right? And so if this opportunity didn't work, well, maybe that opportunity will work. Totally different mindset. Man, that was a great conversation about mindset. And we're gonna be coming back to this in just a moment. First, let's talk about the Outbound Conference, the biggest, baddest conference in sales, a rock show for the sales profession. Well, the Outbound Conference is back and we need it this year more than ever. Look, if you need to celebrate your success, come by yourself or bring your entire team. We get the greatest speakers on earth, with 450,000 square feet so we can keep you safe while you have fun. And this year, we're gonna rise up in Atlanta, Georgia at the Georgia World Congress Center. Now, the number of tickets that we have left available are extremely limited because of social distancing. We can't put that many people in the room. So don't wait, go to outboundconference.com, check it out and get your tickets today.
so let's 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 uh, talk about staying motivated in this this crazy freaky world that we're in right now that's gonna it's gonna continue to be a problem for a while let's start with one of the things that you talked about which was staying in the present so mm -hmm. easy to reflect on the last year and get yourself down um, easy to become a wishbone wishing and hoping that things weren't mm -hmm. the way that they are can't help mm -hmm. it right happened uh, easy to focus on maybe tomorrow so I'm I'm gonna try to see if I can hunker down and you know keep my head down and and maybe this will be over at some place in the future. Neither the past nor the future have happened, only the present. So so what can people do right now to stay in the present? What, what actions can you take? What what can you tell yourself? What can you do in this particular moment? So so here's the big lie, and then I'll give you the exact tool. The big lie is that you had control. You never had control in the first place. You had the illusion of control. The pandemic just heightened your sense of no control. It's like chaos theory, right? You have no control. So the question then becomes, and I'm and I'm a, I'm a default to what I think is the most basic tool, but the most brilliant tool I've ever come across when it comes to motivation. And that is Stephen Covey's or Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People Circle of Influence. Do you remember that? There were mm -hmm. two circles, a circle of concern and inside was a circle of influence. Circle of concern are things you cannot control pandemic, market, regulation, trends, whatever, you can't control that. He says, so you focus on what you can control in the present. And I always believe there's the one thing you can, well, there's two things. There's attitude, how you look at the world, right? B is your behavior, what you do, which will drive your C. That's kind of my ABC. Attitude drives behavior, behavior drives consequence. So if you don't have the right mindset, which we talk about all the time, you're screwed. If you're a pessimist, you're done. You've just told yourself you can't do it. The behavior will follow that mindset. So if I'm an individual right now and I'm sitting there going, okay, we're struggling, everything's changed, which is what happened this last past year, right? We all like, hmm, this is not good. I mean, that was my mindset. I was like, hmm, this is not good. And I think, I don't know about you, Jeb, but I think I calculate, I lost like 90% of my business last year, just contracts all canceled. I'm like, uh-oh, right? And then so that was March uh, when we had a shutdown here in Georgia. April, I was like, hmm, chin scratchy, you know? And I, last year, the word that was abused was pivot. This year, what we're going to abuse is the words hybrid and blending. Those are the words we're going to abuse this year. And so by May, I started sales after dark. I started doing virtual programs just like you. You started building out, massively building out your studio because you're way ahead of me. You started doing all these creative things to build. And because in your brain, you said, all right, this isn't going to change. This is this. We're going to have to go with the flow. But then your behavior kicked in and you kicked into action. You know, and I think that's where people get stuck. It's that analysis by paralysis or as you already pointed out, hope. I hope things go back to where they were. I hope, you know, we'll go back to normal. I hope, you know, we can get back to face-to-face. -face. I don't know about you, Jeb, but I think this whole selling thing is now going to become a hybrid, face-to-face -face and remote. Yes, it's it's a blend. Blending, the future is blending. The bl blending is choosing the communication channel that's going to give you the highest probability of getting the outcome that you desire in any given sales situation at the lowest cost of time, energy, and money. You can read mm -hmm. about that in Virtual Selling, my brand new book. So, <laughs> yeah, Gr great book, by the way. I highly recommend it. Great book. So, so basically what you said is that there are three things you can control. You can control your actions. You can control your, attitude your reactions, first. right? Okay. And you can control your attitude. Right. So what you believe, what you do, and how you respond. That's it. That's correct. Else. You got nothing else you can control. That's so the it. only way that you stay in the presence is to pay attention to what Victor said, which is pay attention 
to the things that you can control. Right. And it's a feedback loop, right? The reaction is a feedback loop. You know, mm -hmm. the story I tell Jeff, and this, this, this really is my, my core belief system. Short story, I, uh, I worked for Honeywell Torpedo System. The way the torpedo works, it goes after something, it isn't what it wants, it changes direction, re uh, assesses the data, and goes after the next object till it finally finds a torpedo. It'll go after a rock formation, a whale, uh, a school of fish, till it finally hits a torpedo. In there, it has a program and an algorithm that just keeps updating it with new information. That's what you and I do. We try something, that didn't work, but we don't say, that didn't work, That I'm not going to try anything again, that's I'm done. We say, hmm. Okay, what worked, what didn't work, let's assess. And that's all that is, what you have on that board. Yeah, I think, I think that's another thing is, you know, in, in, this, in this environment is learn how to fail fast. Mm -hmm. so, so, for example, you know, when you're in a situation and you are trying things, and I'm doing this all the time, I'm iterating, and, you know, and I've mm -hmm. probably got, you know, $100,000 of studio equipment in a closet someplace because we tried it, didn't work, and said, Let's do it again. It wasn't like we didn't say we're never going to buy anything again. Although my CFO doesn't like me very much for that. We said, we still know what we want to accomplish, what we're looking for. This just isn't going to get us there. Let's do something else. And we get better and better and better. And I think also this is part of optimism. It's just, it's looking around and every time mm -hmm. you see something, explore it. So, but I think you can't, you gotta, you gotta, in the present, you gotta say, look, you know, this didn't work. And instead of beating yourself up for it, you go, okay, well, I learned that that didn't work. Let's try something else. Let's do something else. Let's do something else. You know, the, uh, uh, I, I sent a quote out to my insider group yesterday about, you know, from Thomas Edison, which is basically keep trying, like do it again, do it again, do it again, iterate, iterate, iterate. And I think part of me being in the present, I love iteration. Like I love doing something mm -hmm. to go, okay, I can make it a little bit better. Let's do it again. Yeah. I can make it a little bit better. I can get a little bit better at this. And, uh, and, and, and that over time, like that creates small victories. So let's, I, let's by the way, I, I want to highlight something you just said, because, you know, everybody sees the final product of a jet blunt production or a Victor Antonio production. What they don't see is what you just said, the closet of oops, that didn't work, right? <laughs> oops, that didn't work. I like that. The, <laughs> we're going to write that down. The closet. Yeah. Um, oops, that um, didn't work. You um, know, oops. I could, yeah, because I, I got a big closet of oops, that didn't work. And so I think people don't realize because when they look at other people, they go, why do they have it so easy? But they don't see the trail of tears, the closet of oops that we have. And your word iteration is spot on for anybody who wants to continue to grow. Yeah, I love that closet of oops. So we, we just coined that. I'm going to have to get that and make it into a, a, to a t shirt because I got a big one. It's huge. And so, and that, it, <laughs> You gotta see that you gotta see me writing a book. It's an entire closet of oops. So, yeah. so, so take action. Let's let's talk about the journey. So, because I I think of all the things we've talked about, that's probably the most important thing to focus on. Everybody wants to win. Everybody wants to stand on the mountaintop. Everybody wants to do that. Very very few people want to grind it out. Very few people want to run the the journey. Emmett Smith said the other day, he "Goes everybody wants to win." And everybody looks at the other guy and says, I want what that person has. I want that trophy. I want that win. I want that, that adoration. Mm -hmm. But nobody wants to go through the pain that that person went through to get to that place. So, See, so, Jeff, so Jeff, I want to interrupt because what you say is really good. It ties back to the original concept. What Emmett Spitz said, everybody wants that. But what they don't see is the pain of the workout that he did. He went through the whole workout. He's working out when nobody else is working out. Mm -hmm. But notice that when he was working out, nobody was around. Nobody saw him. The, the motivation didn't come from somebody saying, wow, you're really working hard, Emmett. No, it was him grinding it out quietly, right? And so I go back to the person, 
that wants recognition, grind it out quietly and celebrate your own growth as opposed to waiting for somebody else to celebrate you because the best of the best work hard in obscurity, right? They work hard in obscurity and that's where the results are had. And so I think that's important to highlight that, that yep. they don't wait for somebody to notice them working out. Stop taking selfies at the gym, by the way. This is, <laughs> this is a note to you people. First of all, nobody cares that you're working out. Nobody cares about your tight outfit and nobody cares about your muscle. You should do it for yourself. Every time I see a selfie of somebody working out, I'm like, why am I looking at this? Well, these days I'm taking selfies with my dog. <laughs> so, so, so Wally, I, so, that's Wally. That's yeah, Wally. So, so, so these, this is this is me these days. This is this is Wally right here. He's an he's an awesome dog. <laughs> so by the way, I hope I hope people watch this on video because that is the most pathetic picture I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> this is Jeff really hugging on his little new dog. It looks it's really cute. It's pathetically <laughs> cute. How's that? <laughs> it's the puppy dog clothes. So 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 you got to grind to shine. And, right. you know, and so if you're in the gym by yourself or if you're dieting or you're, you know, you're sitting there doing a phone block all by yourself, you're prospecting and we know how that feels. It's lonely. You get lots of rejection. There's, you know, you get, you get a couple of people on the telephone. You think to yourself, I don't want to do this anymore. There's a lot of victory in that. Like that's not, that's not working for you. you it's there that you got to be able to congratulate yourself. That's how you win the trophy. It's in, in that space. And in like a little trick that I've always used in, in situations, either in the gym and, and by the way, when I'm prospecting is I do these high intensity prospecting sprints. So I'll like 15 minutes, 15 dollars at one appointment. And mm -hmm. then I'm done. I go like read a, one of your books. Like I'll read four pages in a book and then I'll do it again. That's my reward. You know, mm -hmm. or I congratulate myself for going through that. So you gotta, you gotta be in the moment and you gotta, like, you gotta really enjoy the journey. And the small victories around the journey, long stretches of pain, long stretches of grind, a few brief moments of elation. That's that's the formula. It's not elation and a little bit of grind. It doesn't work that way. You got to mm -hmm. pay for success in advance with the pain. You know, it's funny because I, you know, and I, I'm going back to the person who saw the bullet point on there, and it's almost like I did all this work because I expected something at the end and somebody to give it to me. And what yeah. you're saying is like. Uh, why don't you just give it to yourself every day on a daily basis after you do something cool? Because I'd rather have a lot of small little celebrations over 365 days than wait for one big one at the end. Because the big one's always going to disappoint me, Jeff. But man, if I can celebrate 365, I'm good, man. It, it, I, and I'm, you know, it's funny that you said it because as I think about it, you're exactly right. It's the, it's the, it's it is anti anticlimactic. I mean, when you when you mm -hmm. win, like, I, look, I love getting a trophy, and I've always said, like, I. I don't care about the money. I care about the win. And I've, and that's just the competitor in me. Cause I know the money follows. Like I've always, I've never had to worry about whether or not I'm going to get a big check because I know if I'm, if I'm crushing it, I'm going to get a big check. But I think about writing books and, <laughs> and I've written 13 of them. I'm, I'm in the middle of one right now and I've got them stacked up like, you know, planes on a tarmac ready to take off at this point. <laughs> and it's when the book launches, it's always like the most depressing day of my life. Like it's, that's the day that I'm not happy anymore. Because I love the I love the process. I like writing it. I like getting it out there, and it feels good. Except for like I'm like that would the trophy would be the book you know book going out there. I mean I, I like the day I get the books in a box from my publisher. That's fun, mm -hmm. but it never feels as good at the at the moment as it did in my head as I was working towards the goal. 
If that makes sense. It never sense. is. Yeah, no, no, it totally makes sense. I think people have this image of, and maybe that's it, that we create this little fantasy land in our head of how it's going to be. It's like when you were young and I was young, right? And you're, I don't know about you, but I'll just go with my own story here. So there's that girl you like in high school, right? And you said, all right, you start warming up. In your head, you start talking about all the things you're going to say, that she's going to say this, and I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say this. She, you know, it's going to go back and forth. And then you finally have that discussion. It never goes the way you expected it. And I've learned that never to expect something because I know I never know what's going to happen. I think I think they set themselves up for disappointment when they expect that big aha at the end. Yeah, I think th and that's setting yourself up for disappointment is sort of like um, it's premeditated resentment. So you you decide what it's going to feel like, what is going to happen. You decide how other people are going to respond to this. And then when it doesn't happen, then you resent them, you resent the world, you resent everyone around you when actually all of that was happening in your head versus, totally. you know, something that was 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 based in any form of reality. So we talked about focusing on the things that you can control, your attitude and beliefs, your actions, your reactions, that's it. Everything else you have no control over. And I love what you said. Like right. You think you have control, but you don't. You have no control. But you have control over what you choose to do and what you choose to think. You have control over your self-talk. It doesn't feel like that sometimes. Focusing on the journey, like being in the moment and learning how to grind to shine, like learning how to be there alone in the gym when you're sweating and there's no one else paying attention to you. And you put that last set up like you you hit, you know, you hit a personal best and nobody cares, like nobody gives a crap. Mm. I think it's also important to recognize that who are you competing with? It, 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 again, if you're in second place, compete with the person in first place. If you're in first place, you got to compete with yourself. So you get about 15 minutes to celebrate. Mm -hmm. And then you got to go back to the grind. How do you and do, do it that? Again. Like, how do you keep yourself from being that person who you win, like, you, and you get satisfaction, and then you get complacent? I think it's all momentum, isn't it? You know, uh, Jordan Peterson in his book, uh, The 12 Rules of Life, I think is the title. One of the things he said in there was like, obvious, but, and you said it several times already, is that be better than who you were yesterday. That's all it is, right? He says, that's your motivation. Be better than who you were yesterday. That's the true competition. Because I think, you know, if you look at, and if you start looking at other people, Jeb, and I, I think this is important to talk about this. If you start looking at what other people are doing, you lose focus on what you should be doing and what is meaningful to you. When you look at what other people have, you start saying, why don't I have that? Or maybe I should have that. And that really takes the focus off of what you really want. Jeb's journey is Jeb's journey. Victor's journey is Victor's journey. You know, I admire, I appreciate, I've said this many times to you. I love this. I love when you do certain things like, oh, that was creative. Oh, that was cool. But in my mind, I go, but that doesn't work for me, but I'm glad it works for Jeb or that he loves doing that. I don't know if I can do that, but he loves it. And I think it's getting back to who it sounds so cliche as Jeb, but the, the, the toughest road to success is the road back to you. I don't know if that makes sense because yes. it isn't until you figure out who you want to be and how you want to roll, so to speak, that you're going to be happy. Because then there is no external validation that can beat that. Do you know what I mean? When you have your own happy dance, I don't know about you, but I got my own happy dance. Dude, I, I do something. I do my, it's it's not a 15 minute. It's like a, it's like a 31 minute, 30 seconds, one minute happy dance. And I'm like, I'm doing my dance. Nobody else sees it. Nobody else will ever see it. But it's my dance. Do you know what I mean? And I love that because it's my personal celebration moment. That's what matters. Yeah. 
I think that's I think that's the key. I, the like, hey Jeff, do you have a happy dance? By the way, I got to ask that question. Happy, I have a I do have a happy dance. <laughs> I, a happy dance is that. By man. the way, we we should have a happy dance competition. By the way, so if you have a happy dance, here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna send a video to Jeff Blunt, and if he really likes your happy dance, you'll probably highlight it and maybe even send you a free book, Virtual Selling. That's true. In fact, <laughs> I think now that you set me up, here's how you send it to me. Text me your happy dance video to 706-397-4599. 706-397-459. Send me your happy dance. So I, let, let's let's take the last point because there's something mm. big here. We mm. go back to the very beginning. We talked about Friedrich Herzberg and his, what do you call his, his theory? It's, I don't it's a hygiene, hygiene theory. Hygiene theory. So, so I'm not as smart as you are. So I have to call it the stuff that Victor Herzberg said. Our Frederick Kurtzberg said, "So, so he. I just. I, I grew up on a dirt road in Georgia. I have. I have no. That's no, right. That's all right. I, I think that's five the words. I could be wrong, but I think that's the theory. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I think it's pretty good. So, so it, nobody's going to look it up. So there's there's probably somebody that's going to fact check this and text it to me and tell me that I'm wrong. And you know, so, so the but but he said that you need to have achievement and recognition for the achievement in order to feel motivated. Pretty simple. Right. And what simple. what you said is." That, that recognition can come from external sources, which is good. The boss needs to call you. It makes sense to recognize people. And when we're teaching leaders, we're, we're telling leaders, like, look, if someone works really, really hard, don't bring in a brass band, but it's okay to say thank you because mm -hmm. they'll probably do it more if you, if you recognize them. But right. what we're talking about is what you need to be doing on the inside. So that recognition has to become internal. Right. It's really hard, in, in, in my opinion, to know what achievement is if you don't have a set of goals and you don't have targets. And, and like you said, it's hard to get back to you that are meaningful to you. I'm not talking about what other people want for you. I'm talking about what you want for you. So, so for me, this, this, this really starts with desire, like tapping into desire. If you know what you want and you know what the little steps are to get there, little steps of success to get there, then A, if you're, in the, if you're, you're grinding all alone, right, in the dark, sweating, you know, going through pain, and you know that that's one of the steps of success and you get there, it's a lot easier to go, nice job, high five yourself, right? Don't take a selfie mm -hmm. in the gym. And then yeah. you take selfies with dogs and cats like I do. It earns <laughs> likes. It's like it's gratuitous likes on, on social media. If you know what your bigger goal is, like if you have that goal and that, that goal, hopefully that's a goal about you that's aligned to what you're working for. If you have that goal, then when you get there, it's a lot easier to know that that meant something to you. And I'll give you a really simple thing for me. Now, this is, this is you know, complete consumerism. It's what it is. But I bought a new car two weeks ago. It's the first new car that I've ever bought for myself, say ever, since I was 23 years old. Mm. Every other car that I ever had was a corporate car that, you know, my company gave to me or, you know, a used car that I bought someplace because I'm really frugal and I'm trying to build a business. Or my last car is a car my wife bought for me because I was driving back and forth to Atlanta to the airport and she was afraid I was going to break down. But it was a car that she bought on, at, you know, really cheap and gave to me. So we call it a big brown turd going down the road, right? Yeah. So I bought one. And I thought that I was going to feel bad about it. Like I was, I didn't, I was, I held off for almost 18 months buying it. I knew what I wanted. Like I knew it. And I, I the moment I saw that car, I knew I wanted it. And I didn't buy it and didn't buy it because I thought I'm going to have buyer's remorse. The moment that I go spend this money, I'm going to have buyer's remorse. And I went and bought it and I feel so good. Like I feel like that I've worked so hard and I gave myself a reward that meant something to me. And you haven't seen a selfie about this online. I haven't told a single person. It's just me. It's just something that was, it meant something to me. Cause when I look at it, I go, that's for everything that I did this year. You know, that's, that's for the, that's the payoff for 
the money that I earned. That that's what that's what that recommends. It's a, it's a trophy, you know. But it's it's my trophy. So I think you've got to know what you want. You got to have a set of goals. You have to have something you're aspiring for, because how will you know how to celebrate it if you didn't know what it was in the first place? See, I love I love that. And by the way, you make me laugh because I still drive a 21 year old Volvo, and the last new car I had was when I was 23. Because <clears throat> you, I'm frugal. I'm like, ah, I got other things to invest my money in, not that yet. But but it's interesting. Again, you get back to rewarding yourself, and, and there there is security in that. There's there's guarantee in that. Do you know what I mean? It, it, I know I'm repeating myself, but why do we wait for external validation? Well, we should be high-fiving ourselves, and that's all that should matter. By the way, the reward or the bullet point was a recognition just to confirm that in my head, I'm great. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you saw it. I'm great. All right, good. Confirmed. But I already knew that. Thank you for the bullet point. And but again, but there's nothing wrong with reaching out. But I, I love the fact that you gift yourself something, and it doesn't even have to be anything that big. It can be just little things along the way that you just gift yourself. That's it. I think I think I, you're exactly right. And I think yeah. you do have to do that. You got to get yourself, you got to you got to take time and you got to find those little things that are important to you and go do those things. Victor, it's been a, a like I love you so much. <laughs> this has Thank been you, bro. Thank you. <laughs> so, love let's it, do man. this real quickly cuz I, I don't know that all my audience knows who you are. And mm -hmm. uh, and by the way, uh, Victor will be on stage, uh, headliner at the Outbound Conference, which will be in Atlanta, Georgia and in June. And you can go to outboundconference.com. We do it every single year. It's the biggest, baddest conference in sales. And, uh, and Victor is, is one of what they call the four horsemen of the sales apocalypse. So <laughs> Victor's going to be there. Uh, and, and he's going to have his whiteboard in hand, which is an amazing, uh, amazing thing to watch Victor on stage. So you definitely want to sit. Tell people how they can get in touch with you, uh, some of the things that you're doing that people may want to tune into. Uh, so Victor Antonio, just go to victorantonio.com. That's the simplest thing. Jeff was nice enough. Him and Anthony actually were nice enough to let me on stage last year at the Outbound. Let me be part of the Four Horsemen. Uh, thank you, Mike Weinberg, for stepping out so I can make room for me. Thank you very much. Uh, and so go to the Outbound Conference. What I'm working on now is I told you I'm trying to catch up to you because you got a great studio. You got, you know, I look at what you have and I said, man, he's doing a lot of good things. I love what you're doing uh, right now. Tune into Sales After Dark. That's the weekly live streams I'm doing on YouTube. I think it's interesting. And if I can give a little story behind that, Jeff, because this is interesting we about our topic. When everything went to hell in a handbasket, you know, in March and in April, I said, OK, reset time. I launched Sales After Dark to do the live stream because I said, OK. Everybody's canceling. This cancellation is really, what can I do, Jeb? What can I do to kind of expand? And a lot of different things I, I could do, but I knew one thing, I need to get out there more. So I said, you know what I'm going to do? Just like what you said, Jeb, set the go. I said, all right, I'm going to do 100 episodes, which is stupid when I made that promise to myself, by the way, but I made it public. I'm going to do 100 episodes of Sales After Dark, and I'm going to do three a week. And I, when I got to 100, I, I don't know if you saw my last 100 uh, celebration. I wore a tuxedo. I popped the bubbly the whole bit. Because to me, see, I didn't need external recognition. I was like, let's pop the bubbly. Let's wear a tux. I'm celebrating this because it was my achievement. So to those of you listening to this, Jeb said it. I said it. We're just going to repeat it. Set the goal. Have the desire. But set the goal, a tangible goal. And when you hit that goal along the way, make little mini milestones and just celebrate yourself. And if somebody else just happens to recognize you along the way, bonus. That's all it is. Celebrate you, love you. Awesome. And how can people get in touch with you, Victor? Victor, just go to victorantonio.com. I mean, look, I'm so popular, Jeb. 
I don't know why these folks don't know me, but if you don't know me, just type in Victor Antonio. I mean, I got a reality show. I got live streams. I got YouTube videos. Come on, Victor Antonio. You'll find me. Awesome. <laughs> well, I love it. And you'll see Victor at the Outbound Conference. Thank you again, Victor, for joining me in Thank Studio you. Blue this time for the Sales Gravy Podcast. We'll see you next time. Man, I love spending time with Victor, and I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I also hope that this, this podcast provoked you to think and to maybe shift your mindset. I'd love to hear about your experience with Celebration this year. You can send me uh, your, your comments or your questions at 706-397-4599. Just text it to me at 1-706-397-4599. Any question, anything you want to talk about, hit me up with it and I'll be there and I promise to respond. And never forget, at the end of the day when it's time to go home, always, always make one more call.